Hey, if you got your Bible, we're going to be back in Philippians tonight. And if you're not sure what Philippians is, just go uh, kind of towards the back of the Bible. And uh, it's after Galatians, Ephesians, and then Philippians. If you get Colossians, you've gone a little bit too far. If you need to use the table of contents, there's no shame. We will not judge you because we've all been there, all right? There's no worries. Philippians chapter 2. Man, so glad you're here tonight. It's going to be a good time. Are you guys ready for summer yet? Hang in there. I feel like everybody I talk to is like, I'm so tired of school. But you're almost there. You're so close. Philippians chapter 2. Um, man, I'm excited about being back in this book. Um, Philippians, and we'll be finishing. We'll be in Philippians the rest of, rest of the semester. So it'll be good. Philippians chapter 2. We'll finish this chapter tonight. Um, I want to say one more word of prayer, and then we'll, then we'll get started. God, thanks again for just the, the opportunity we have to come and to worship and to celebrate who you are, and to be reminded of who you are. And I pray that um, as we study your word, Lord, that you would take away distractions, that we could focus on you. Um, and Lord, that we would just have open hearts to hear clearly, God. And um, Lord, that we would be different because of tonight. Not just because of what I say, but because of what you say, Lord. That Because your word has power. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, you guys, anybody ever been to Colorado? Lots of y'all. We mention that a lot because we like Colorado around here. Um, I grew up, some of y'all know, my wife and I, Lauren, grew up in Florida. And so we used to go to the mountains sometimes. We would go to uh, West Virginia or Tennessee. West Virginia. Isn't that a country song or something? Thanks, sorry. There we go, ADD again. Anyways, West Virginia or Tennessee, North Carolina, stuff like that. And there's some beautiful mountains. And, and they are, they're mountains. But I remember my, my very first summer here, uh, 2010, uh, that, I think July, we were going uh, I was going with the high school students and the, the high school pastor at that time, Garrett, up to Colorado. It was my first time to Colorado. And we, I don't know why. I don't know if Garrett was on drugs or what. But we would always, he wasn't really. But we would always leave. We would leave, the, like, I don't know, what, 2 a.m. or something ridiculous like that. And 3.30, ugh, yeah. And so, of course, Garrett was always, like, super hyper. Like, Garrett, shut up, man. <laughs> Anyways, so we'd get on the bus, and everybody would fall asleep for a while. And I remember... Um, kind of early morning, I don't know, 10 or 11, you start kind of starting to see some mountains as you get into Colorado. And I remember like tapping Garrett and like, dude, look at these mountains. And he was like, Florida boy, chill, bro. Like you haven't seen anything yet. So sure enough, we get up to Buena Vista where we were going uh, and we're at the, this may mean nothing to you, but we're at the base of the collegiate peaks. And it's what, like seven mountains that are 14ers, like as in what, 14,000 feet, right? Which is pretty crazy. And uh, make sure I'm saying this right for you mountain people. And it really was, it was, it was breathtaking. I'm, and I, it was, it was like, okay, that's a mountain. Like, like in West Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, those, those are mountains. But like, this is a, for, this is, this is a mountain. It, it was interesting. Like, it was, it changed my perspective. Um, what does a noteworthy there's not really not, I can't think of the right word for this. What is a noteworthy or like an admirable Christian look like? There's, there are lots of Christians. Lots of people are, are legitimate. They really are Christians. They know Jesus. So when I say Christian, I don't mean like just cultural Christian. But like legitimately, they've been saved by Jesus. And we'll talk about what that means more in a little bit. But what is it? What would, like if you could say like, you know, hashtag goals. Like if I really want to be like, the, not the ultimate Christian, but really want to be like, Somebody that people would say, man, that's like a legit, that's the real deal. Again, not just kind of a mountain, but like, man, that's a mountain. <laughs> if I could be that kind of Christian, what would that look like? I, I think 
And a lot of people, maybe even in this room, probably in this room, a lot of people have been hurt or confused because all, they, all they've seen is West Virginia, Tennessee, North Carolina, mountain kind of Christian. Does that make sense? Again, maybe they really are Christians, but they're not, they're not great portrayals of what, what a Christian really should be about, what they should really look like. Especially, like, and add to that the fact that in America, so many people, like, have, quote, yeah, I'm a Christian, man, but that, that really means nothing, right? Like, it's more like, it's kind of like, um, you know, me saying I'm a football player. Do I occasionally go throw the football? Yes, but am I a football player? I don't think so, right? Like, how'd Brandon die? He walked on the football field, right? Um, yeah, just, be, just because I say I'm something doesn't necessarily mean I am. This passage, we're going to get kind of a, a glimpse of, of what, a, a, what does it really mean to be a Christian. Like if you could say, I mean, this is a legit, this is a noteworthy, this is a, an admirable Christian. This is somebody worth taking note of, like, man, they're the real deal. What would that look like? I love Philippians, uh, oh, all of it, but the, this passage, because it really does kind of help us answer that question. Um, and Paul's really, he's kind of accomplishing two things in this passage. It's kind of interest, interesting. Um, real quick, let me, let me ask you, what were, you can look, it's not cheating. Look back at chapter 1, what were some of the focuses of chapter 1, if, even like some of the big themes, and, um, or even if you remember some of the ideas we talked about in chapter 1? Suffering for Christ? Okay, good. If, and for, when you say for Christ, unpack that a little bit more. Ah, to, the good, to, to advance the gospel, right? Yeah, we even talked about gospel glasses, right? So meaning um, seeing every opportunity as a chance to advance the gospel, right? So Paul was obsessed with that. Like he was in prison, and uh, long story short, other Christians were kind of, excuse me, trying to get at him. And he was like, you know what? I don't care what they do. As long as people are hearing about Jesus, that's all that matters to me. So that, that, was, that was his heart. And then look at the beginning of chapter 2, like verses, uh, let's just say one through, three, 1 through 3 for now. What's some of the idea there? Again, you can look, it's not cheating. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, being humble. Yeah, right? So not being selfish, right? So remember, we, if you weren't here, it's okay, but I, I had a mirror up on stage, and we talked about how most of us, like, we look at everything in life like it's a mirror. Like, man, look at me. I look good. And, like, how does this affect me? When really we should be looking through a window and saying, how can I bless other people, right? So not being selfish, but being selfless, okay? So these are two themes that, that Paul's already kind of really been pushing in Philippians. And what's cool about the passage we're studying tonight is honestly, when you first read it, it seems a little bit random. Like Paul's just talking about, and I'll explain who they are in a second, but just talking about this guy named Timothy and this guy named Epaphroditus, which is an interesting name. What's up? My name is Epaphroditus. Okay. Um, and he's, so he's kind of like, it almost seems random, but really he's, when he's talking about these two men, you're going to see he's saying, hey, these are examples of what I've been talking about, of living your life in a way that you want to, or yeah, with the desire of advancing the gospel and living your life in a way that's selfless and puts other people first. He's saying, these are examples of that. In other words, these are people that I would say, yeah, they're a legit Christian. So what does that look like? Y'all check this out with me. Uh, verse, starting in verse um, 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. Hey, question. Remember, where's Paul when he's writing this? He's in prison, yeah. So he said, I want to send Timothy to you soon because I, I want to hear how you're doing. 
For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. So so see what's going on here. Again, there's kind of this very personal thing of Paul saying, man, I want to hear how you are doing. I'm going to send Timothy to you. I would love to, to get a report back. But also he's saying, I have no one like Timothy. Man, this dude, he's, he's different. He's, he's not just a Christian. Man, this guy, he's a cut above. Like, this guy is noteworthy, right? And why? What does it say? He's not just concerned for himself. He's genuinely concerned for your welfare. So he's not just selfish. He cares about other people. It says, lots of people, they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how he served with me in the gospel. So Paul said, man, Timothy's the real deal because he's not just concerned about himself and his own interest. He wants to see the gospel. He wants, and the gospel being the good news that even though I'm a sinner and I'm messed up and I'm jacked up, Jesus came and died for me so I may have forgiveness and new life and hope. And he didn't just die to forgive me of my sins. He rose again, conquering death, conquering the grave, conquering Satan so I can have forgiveness and hope. So Paul said, man, Timothy's the real deal because it, that's what was important to him, was advancing the gospel. Epaphroditus is kind of similar. Check this out, verse 25. He also says, I've thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, <laughs> near to death. I feel like Paul's like, as he's writing, he's like, dang, he, that boy was sick. <laughs> for real, he was about to die. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Let's pause there just for a second. So again, there's kind of this, this backstory where, and we're going to see this, the rest of it in a second, but Epaphroditus um, had been sent by the church at Philippi, so it'd be like if South just to make, kind of make it similar. Like if Southcrest, if we said, hey, you know what? We need somebody to take some money to a missionary. So uh, who's a volunteer? All right, J.D., you the man? All right. And so J.D. goes and takes the money to the missionary, and on the way he gets sick and almost dies. That's what happened to Epaphroditus. So, you know, if J.D. was gone and almost died, we'd be worried about him. Just say yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Jerry, don't lie, bro. <laughs> we'd be worried about it. We'd, we'd want to make sure he was okay, right? So there's kind of this, this personal story of, of Paul saying, man, I hope, I want to I send Epaphroditus to you because he wants to see y'all. I know y'all want to see him because, man, you know that he almost died and he was sick. And I know you've been worried about him. But here's what I want you to see, verse 29. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Why? For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Paul says, man, when, when Epaphroditus gets back to y'all, y'all need to show some respect to this dude. Uh, this guy, he's legit. He's the real deal. Why? He, he was willing to die for the cause of Christ. And not, it's not that he was necessarily out like sharing the gospel, but he was, he was just trying to be a part of the gospel advancing, people hearing about Jesus by taking resources to Paul so Paul could continue to serve and spread the gospel. So Paul says to the church at Philippi, man, Epaphroditus, this guy's legit. What does 
a noteworthy, what is a legit, what is a Christian who gets it look like? It's someone who selflessly, self, yeah, selflessly serves Christ and other people. What does the real deal look like? What does a real believer look like? Man, if you could say, man, I want to be like that. That's a great example. That's a great role model for me. It's somebody who selflessly serves Jesus and other people. I have these, um, you can make fun of me, it's okay. I have these shooting glasses uh, for like when we go like shoot shotgun. Yeah, shoot shotguns and stuff. Thank you, Austin. And uh, they're kind of orange tinted. And uh, I won't put them on because I have this mic thing. I don't want to mess it up. And uh, I don't want you guys to like stumble or anything. So I'm just kidding. Um, and, uh, but for, for Disciple, I think it was middle school Disciple now, I was supposed to be uh, DJing at Club Hayes. And I, like, just in my excitement, I put these on at the house and wore them like driving, which I don't think you're supposed to like do that. But anyways, I wore them from the house to the church. And honestly, just because they're like, they're not very dark um, because they're super comfortable. I just forgot I had them on. So I had them on for a long time, which I was supposed to. I was dressed like all crazy and stuff. But uh, when I finally took them off, I really was like, what is going on? Because everything had become just like everything was orange. Even now, like y'all look orange. Some of y'all need a little tans. This is good. I'm kidding. Um, But it really was crazy. I didn't realize, they were on so long that I didn't realize how much my perspective had been, like, tainted and changed. And when I took them off, I was like, oh, man, now I, now I see differently. Um, I'll tell you that, still a little example, because, you know, I think in America, we've had on these lenses of what a Christian should look like for a really long time, Meaning, and these lenses being that Oh, being a Christian is just sometimes going to church, you kind of love Jesus, and it, you might read the Bible, and you try to be nice to people. And we've, that's been our view of what a Christian is. And y'all, the more I read the Bible, and especially as I've been reading Philippians and studying Philippians, it's like I'm taking the glasses off, and I'm going, that's not the real deal. I'm not saying these people aren't Christians, but I'm saying, like, those are West Virginia mountains. But I want to be a Colorado mountain like Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus. Are you tracking with me? And if we take the glasses off a little bit, we'd see clearly. And so, I'm not, <laughs> the point is not to condemn you, but to invite you to realize that, man, an admirable Christian, a noteworthy Christian, the kind of Christian that we should want to pattern our life after is someone not just who knows a lot about the Bible. Well, that's a good thing. Not just someone who comes to church. That's a good thing. I like that you guys come. <laughs> Not just someone who doesn't do bad things. Not just someone who tries to do good things. Not just someone who doesn't cuss. (laughs) Man, a noteworthy and admirable Christian is somebody like this that selflessly serves Jesus and other people. So, by the way, I'm like preaching to myself here. The idea that, like, I'm a really strong Christian because I raise my hands in worship is just silly. Is it good to raise your hands? Is that a bad thing? No, it's not bad. It's good. It's good to raise your hands. I mean, yeah, you can do that. But that doesn't mean, like, I've arrived, right? If I read my Bible occasionally, that doesn't mean, like, man, I'm so spiritual. That's good. I want you to read your Bible. But that doesn't mean, like, man, you're legit. 
if I occasionally go on a mission trip and, and, and kind of serve Jesus, and that, that doesn't mean that like, oh man, you, you can't grow anymore. No. Daily, whatever situation you're in at school or work with your family, whatever, man, uh, someone who really is in love with Jesus and, and gets it is someone who says, in every situation, however I can, I want to use my resources to, to advance the gospel, to serve Jesus, to love other people well. I'm afraid we, we, we've, we've been looking through these glasses too long, and we, we have a lot of wimpy Christians, me included. I had a brother today, um, actually one of you guys, <laughs> uh, send me a text, said, hey, hey, bro. I say, what? <laughs> they said, hey, bro, I, I challenge you to, to try to share the gospel with somebody today, and not as a pastor, but as a believer. Like, just, just go up and talk to somebody. And to be honest, but in my flesh, I was like, tell me what to do, fool, right? And then I was like, oh, that's got a point. So, um, you know what's, fun, what's sad is I got really kind of, like, nervous and, like, tripped out about it. Like, I actually ended up going to, uh, I thought, well, I work at a church. I don't see a whole lot of lost people. Um, occasionally there's some at church. But uh, I thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the J&B drive through stand. Maybe I'll meet somebody. And I got, I got, like, legit nervous about that. That's kind of sad. You can agree. You don't have to like, oh, Vernon, you're awesome. Like, that's, that's kind of sad. Now, the reality is that's, that's, the, that's kind of the Christianity we live in, that we're like all, we're all scared to advance the gospel. We love our comfortable lives. But that's, that's because we've, again, we've got these glasses. And I think the more we take the glasses off and look at the New Testament and what it, what it means to be passionate about following Jesus, we'll see that, man, we should be willing to risk everything. You know, if Jesus really is God, and he really, even though we're rebels, we've rebelled against him, if he really did come and die on a cross because he loved us so much, he wanted to forgive us, sorry, wanted to forgive us, wanted to give us hope, future, purpose, peace, so we could be with him and know him, if that really is true, if he legitimately died and rose again three days later, isn't that worth, like, telling other people about? Yeah. Isn't that worth, like, who cares what people think? Like, it's funny in America, too. Like, what's the worst the guy was, he ended up being a Christian, so it was, like, anticlimactic. But um, the guy I talked to at J&B, like, what's the worst he could have done? Like, what's the worst he probably would have done? Like, the worst I can think of that he might have done is, like, throw a bunch of coffee on me, which would have made a funny story, right? Um, and it's not going to happen. Some of you... You may be thinking, let me ask you this first. Would Paul, if he was writing a letter like today, which would be creepy because be, you'd be really old, but if he was writing a letter today, would he say of you, man, Brandon, that, I've got nobody like him, man. He doesn't care about himself. He just cares about other people. He just wants to advance the gospel. Man, that's the real dude. Would Paul say that? I, I, honestly, I don't, I don't know if he'd say that about me. Would Paul look at Katie and say, by the way, I'm just picking random people. I'm not, I'm not saying you are or aren't. But it's worth asking. So would Paul look at Katie and say, man, y'all need to honor this girl because she's willing to die for Christ. Y'all need to pay some respects. Katie's like, that's right. <laughs> man, I, I don't know. I think it's worth asking yourself, like, am I living that kind of life? Am I selflessly serving Jesus and others, like, 
even when it's uncomfortable. I think some of y'all, it'd be, for, actually for most of us, it'd be easy to say, hey, look, Brandon, like, that's, you know, that's, that's cool, but uh, that, again, that sounds like a super Christian thing. That sounds like kind of radical. Y'all, take off the glasses, read the New Testament. It sh- it's not radical, according to the New Testament, to share your faith. It seems radical to us, but it's not radical to the Bible. It seems radical that someone would go and be willing to, to die for Christ. That's not radical in the New Testament. That's, that's actually normal. And actually, you know what? For the majority of Christians around the world, that is normal. North America and Western Europe are the exception. Where Christianity is growing the most, like by leaps and bounds, and like it's crazy how much faster it's growing compared to Islam and Buddhism and Hindu, Hinduism. And those places, people are dying for their faith every day. That, that's their normal. So we, we can't say, oh, that's Bernie, you're just being radical. No, we, we just need to take the glasses off and wake up and realize that, man, being a Christian is not about just kind of doing some good things and kind of being excited about Jesus. Man, it's about seeing who he really is and selling out and saying, Jesus, I, I want to know you completely and I want to live for you no matter what. I'll do anything and everything. Timothy and Epaphroditus were really good examples but guess who, do you remember, who was the first example Paul gave about being selfless and being humble? Who was the first example in Philippians that he gave us? You can say it loud. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. We're going to read that real quick. Chapter 2, verse 1. So if, by the way, let me stop for a second. If you're, if you're not a Christian, man, please, please listen to this or look at this as we read this because this is a great picture of who Jesus is. That he's not just some God up in heaven like, Psh, I ain't got time for y'all. Man, check this out. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of of others. So he's saying, man, I want you to be selfless. I want you to be humble. Put other people first. And he says, here's your example. Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Y'all, if we're going to, who's like the, the really big mountain that we should be striving to live like and be like? It's Jesus, right? Here's what I want you to see. Jesus is not the exception of like, oh, look what he did for me so now I can do my own thing and be comfortable. No, Jesus is the example that we look to Jesus and say, you know, if I'm going to be his follower, I I need to live like him. Follow the leader. If you really are a follower of Jesus, follow the leader. And what did our leader do? He was willing to die for people, for everyone, because he loves them so much. It's ridiculous to say, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ, but I'm going to live a comfortable, cozy life and be focused on myself. Jesus is over here going, what are you talking about? That's not how I lived, and that's not what I told you to do. Why, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's saying, hey, follow me. And as we follow him, you're going to see that means, man, 
sacrificing, putting other people first, trying to advance the gospel. So if you're a believer tonight, here's the challenge. Follow the leader. (laughs) We can't say, yeah, Jesus, I love you, but I'm going to kind of do my own thing because I'm an American Christian. Follow the leader. If you're not a Christian tonight, first, I said this earlier, but I want to apologize for how ba- me included, how bad we represented who Jesus is. I think sometimes we make Jesus seem like he's just some random guy that wants to make people kind of feel good, but is actually kind of selfish. Like, that's not who Jesus is. And Jesus loves you, cares about you so much so that he died for you. Matt, I want to encourage you tonight to, to come to him and say, Jesus, I, I, I don't have to convince you guys. Y'all know. <laughs> Just tell Jesus, I, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my life is messed up. I'm not perfect. Not, it's going to be hard for me to follow you. But Jesus, I see, if you see if you really do see this, Jesus, I see that you're worth it. And I want to follow you. I, I want to know you. And I'm telling you, he's worth it. Even if it, even if it costs your life, Jesus is worth it. So again, if you're not a Christian, maybe at the end of the night, if you want to talk about what that looks like or while we're singing, you want to say, Jesus, I want to know you, man, please come to him and don't let what we have done as American Christians keep you from coming to Christ. Because we've not always been the best examples, but I'm hoping, me included, I'm hoping our group will start turning that around and being more serious about living for him. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to pray in a second and then we'll sing a little bit, have a response time. And during that, during that first song, we've done this a couple of times recently, I'm going to have um, Zach and Julia are going to be over here, and Lauren and I are going to be over here. And if you just want to pray with somebody, again, this is not, doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, that sermon wrecked my life, like I'm crying. It could just be like, hey, I think I want to do a little better job of following Jesus. Will you pray with me? We would love to. So if you want to come pray with us, we'll be up here. Man, you, again, you can use this little like six-inch stage as an altar to come and say, Jesus, I want to get serious about laying my comforts, my wants, my selfishness down. And I want to give everything I am for all that you are. I want to know you and follow you. I want to be like you because I realize what you did for me. And maybe that's, sometimes again, it's good to actually put action and not just sit in your chair and do something and like talk, but actually move. So we invite you to do that. Maybe, maybe you do need to sit right where you're at and just talk with God. Whatever it is, don't just say, oh, that was cool. Man, think about it. Chew on it. What does God want you to do? All right? So I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll sing and we'll respond. Father, I thank you for your word. And um, what I pray that we would see value, even, even in kind of an odd passage like this, God, it's such a good reminder of who you are and the kind of people you want us to be. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be bold in responding, that we would get serious about living for you and not just living in comfort all the time. God, I think about, I don't know why you brought to mind those teachers in the slums in Kenya, Africa who don't get paid anything, but because they love you, they live in the slums and teach children for free. Lord, help us here in our comfortable lives in America to get serious about being servants, about putting other people first and getting out of our comfort zones to make much of you, God. 
Lord, help us to be the kind of admirable, noteworthy, legit Christians that want to make much of you, even if it costs us something. And God, if there's people here tonight that don't know you, Lord, I, I pray that they would see that you're good, that you're loving. Lord, that they would turn to you. Lord, I don't know that I've been extremely clear, but I know that your Holy Spirit is really clear. So I pray that you would speak to everyone in this room tonight, God. And as we sing, that um, you would stir our hearts for you. It's your name we pray. Amen.